0: that water out of the goddamn huddle. i tell you when you get a f***ing water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips.
1: I'm Molly Bay.
0: Today is February 18th, 2020. What's up all you scallywags? We've got a special episode for you today. We're doing the debate. The pros and cons. James Winston.
1: As if you haven't gotten enough of this already.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we call beating a dead horse. <laughs> well, What we're going to do tonight is we're going to One of us is going to take the side of why we should keep Jameis Winston with the Buccaneers, re-sign him. The other person is going to take the side of why we should not re-sign Jameis Winston. Uh, We've decided beforehand that Molly is going to do the pro. She's going to be why we should keep Jameis Winston and re-sign him. I am going to be doing the cons, why we should not keep Jameis Winston and re-sign him. We have not gone over anything beforehand. and The way we're going to set this up is one person, we're going to flip a coin. See who goes first. One person, whoever goes first, gets to give their full argument. Next person goes, gives their full argument, and then we have a lot of time at the end for rebuttals. And we will let the audience decide who who, who was who won the debate.
1: Because who doesn't want to listen to a married couple bicker?
0: <laughs> it's always so uncomfortable, you know.
1: So,
0: when my parents argue, I'm just like, oh gosh. Oh, and they argue nonstop. About, about everything. Everything. You can't even say a sentence without them nitpicking the semantics in the sentence. It's it's insanity. Right.
1: So, in case you don't get enough of that at home,
0: All right? Here we're we here for you. Jump right into our domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky, but it might be some punches thrown.
1: <laughs> Ralph might cry.
0: Now, uh, just to warn you, this is not this is not uh, necessarily our opinions. This it's is-
1: my opinion.
0: Well, I was going to wait till the end to say what we both actually really thought. So wait, wait till the end of the podcast. You'll find out what we each actually thought and whether it coincides with what we said. We're going to be like politicians. Uh, No,
1: they never come clean.
0: Do you have a coin to flip?
1: No. (laughs) We broke.
0: We got no coins anywhere. Then we go get one. All right, we got a golden Pocahontas coin here.
1: That's
0: Sacagawea. Sacagawea, whatever.
1: Pocahontas.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm going to flip it. You call it. Her face is going to be heads, The eagles, tails. If if you win, you can say if you want to go first or not.
1: So I can elect to defer. Yes. All right.
0: You ready? Yeah. Call it in there. Heads. Tails. My goodness. All right. I'll defer. I'll let you go first.
1: Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> We all know that this quarterback class this year, especially in free agency, is so deep. I don't even want to talk about the college free agents because I don't even know any of them. We don't watch college.
0: Free agents in college? The drafts?
1: Yeah, the drafts. The draftees. The drafts. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very deep class of free agents that could be replacements for Jameis. Now, if we can't re-sign Jameis, I would take Philip Rivers. But other than that... There's no one in this free agent class that would necessarily be an upgrade that I think has a realistic chance of coming to the Bucks. Tom Brady, I don't think, is going anywhere but New England. Drew Brees, it just came out today that he is staying in the league. I don't know if he's staying with the Saints.
0: Yes, he put he, it on Instagram. Definitely. He's staying with the Saints, yes.
1: So he's out of there. So the next best one is Philip Rivers. And to me... He's not an upgrade over Jameis. He's a slightly older Jameis Winston, who doesn't have the rapport with the team. And he's got the age on Jameis. I mean, he's a lot older. There are players like Teddy Bridgewater, who might be a serviceable replacement, but again, doesn't have the rapport with the existing team that I think is really important. And that sets Jameis apart then, as opposed to other quarterbacks. There's Marcus Mariota, there's Chase Daniel, Case Keenum, Chad Henney, Drew Stanton, Colt McCoy, Ryan Tannehill, any of these. No one's an upgrade. No one's better than Jameis as far as that's concerned. Aside from the free agents, I'm not a real big fan of drafting, although we did draft Jameis, I'm not a big fan of drafting rookie quarterbacks because they're so rarely successful. Of the 46 drafted since 2015, when Jameis was drafted, only 24 actually started last season. Now that is any game whatsoever. So if they started one game, they're on that list. 52% of them. The list of these starters is as follows. We had Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Sean Mannion, who started for the Vikings one game, Trevor Simeon, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett, Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, Luke Falk, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, and Will Greer. Now, a lot of these are young guys They haven't started many games. They're unproven. A lot of these were drafted just in the last couple years, so chances are good if we look back two, three years from now, a lot of these are going to be out. It's just so hard to get one in the draft that's going to be consistent and really last you. From the 2015 draft, look at that. Four players started in 2015. I mean, this year, in 2019, from the 2015 draft. Marcus Mariota didn't finish the season as a starter. Jameis Winston, Sean Mannion, who only started one game, Trevor Simeon, who only started one game. So it's very hard to get one that's going to last in the draft. So I'm just not certain that we could get a quarterback either in free agency or in the draft that is going to be an upgrade from Jameis. And there's several reasons for that. First of all, being with the team since 2015 he's built a rapport with all these guys if you look at our offense the roster here are all the players that we've acquired since he's been here rojo chris godwin oj howard donovan smith alex kappa ali marpet ryan jensen peyton barber scotty miller brashad perriman i mean it's our whole offense basically that we've built around Jameis Winston, and I just don't think plugging in another quarterback that you're going to get the same team and that they're going to have the same rapport that Jameis has built over the last five years. A lot of the players that are here now, they support him. Of course, everyone acknowledges the interceptions are a problem, but there are a lot of guys on this team that are behind him that have publicly said it that they think he can win that. He's got what it takes to win. Levante, quote, I see it in him. I know how great he want to be. i love to have him on the field with me. Shaq Barrett, we still believe in him, as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> we know that he can do it. Like, you see how many yards he have. We know we pass a lot, so you're going to have yards, and you're going to get, like, touchdowns, but you're going to get interceptions, too, if you pass a lot. It's something he can eliminate, and I know he's going to work to eliminate them. But nothing with him changed at all during the year. It just got stronger and better. His belief, his leadership, like nothing wavered at all ever. Chris Godwin, we love Jameis. That's our guy. He did also say, to be fair, I'm glad it's not my decision. So full disclosure there. Mike. Evans said, oh man, I mean, Jameis and I have been doing this for a while now. We obviously could have had a better season if I was able to finish it off. I feel like our connection is growing each year, and he developed a relationship with Chris Godwin now and a connection with CG, CG that we're all going to be deadly now. We're all going to be deadly. We need to be a little more consistent, especially me, and we can do that. Tune some things up in the off season, and we'll be fine. Now. The interceptions were a problem. I'm not going to say that they weren't, but I think that they in overshadow everything that he accomplished this year. He set team records for passing yards, passing and rushing yards combined, touchdowns, 300 yard games, passes attempted and completed. So he had a phenomenal season as far as Bucks quarterbacks go. He's one of the best that we've had. And The interceptions this year, I think, are an an anomaly. If you look at his career, in 2015, he only had 15 interceptions. 2016, he had 18. 2017, he had 11. 2018, he had 14. In 2019, he had 30. So I think this is an outlier, the 30 interceptions, rather than the new normal. Carson Palmer, even said as much because he had the same thing in Bruce Arian's system. He said it's very complicated. It takes a quarterback about a year to get used to. That a lot of times there might be a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver. And Carson Palmer experienced that in his interceptions. He had a career high in Bruce Arian's first year. But then next the next year, his interceptions went way down. I think the interceptions are an issue largely because we're losing. Terry Bradshaw had something similar happen in his career. He had a season where I think he went 24 touchdowns and 23 interceptions and he said no one made a big deal about it because we won. So I think had the Bucks finished this season 10 and 6, 11 and 5, the interceptions would not have been as much of a focus. I also don't think Jameis is completely responsible for the results of 2019. Again, he had one of his best—the best season he's had, aside from the interceptions, statistically. He did great. And there were other issues with the team. And while I don't think it's an excuse for things like the interceptions and all that, there are other factors, and it's not just the quarterback— that wins the game. Our running game, again, was not where it needed to be. We had injuries on the O-line, we had injuries with the receivers. So I don't think that this, the results of 2019 are completely on Jameis. Byron Lefwich was play calling for the first year. I think there were some growing pains there. With the system and learning the system, I think there were growing pains there between Jameis and the receiver, so I don't think it's completely on him. And my last point would be about Jameis's pay. There's been rumors that he expects 30 million, and it seems a little exorbitant to people. But I will say that the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL make between 18 million and 36 million. Now, 30 million is on the high side of that. But no matter who we get, whether we're getting a free agent or re-signing Jameis, we're going to have to pay somebody. And I just don't think we have any better options than Jameis Winston.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Those are the cons for keeping Jameis Winston for the... Those
1: are the pros.
0: The pros. (laughs) Those are the pros. Ah, They all sound like cons to me. (laughs) All right, well, let's think about why we don't want to keep Jameis Winston. You brought it up, and I'm going to make that the first point, and this is going to be the thread throughout my whole argument, the interceptions. Now, Jameis Winston has always been an interception machine, even when he was at Florida State. We know that. We knew that coming into it. But he's in the – professional leagues now. He's playing with the big boys. He should be putting a cap on that, and he should be getting better every year, throwing fewer interceptions that are not as deadly to the team. Unfortunately, it seems to be the other way around. Throwing 30 interceptions this year in 2019 was a record breaker, and it cost us at least three games. There's at least three games you can point to, and you can say those three interceptions cost us the game. He threw those interceptions. The game was over. We lost. Boom. So that's three games right there. But then you look at his whole career. He's got a 3.5% career average for interception rate. That's horrible. That's garbage. Last year, he had a 4.8% interception rate. That is almost unheard of. That's really, really bad. He had seven, seven pick sixes in 2019. Seven. Now, that's in a contract year. That's when he was supposed to show, he was trying to prove that he was worth getting another contract, being the face of the franchise, and getting paid a bunch of money. That's what he did in his contract year. He threw seven pick sixes and a interception rate of 4.8%. You brought up that... Uh, yeah, he he throws a lot of interceptions because we're behind. That is correct. He only threw four interceptions while we had the lead last year. That's a 2% interception rate. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, the NFL, you're not going to be in the lead all the time. 19 of his interceptions were thrown while we were behind. That's a 5.5% interception rate. But that's not even the worst part. The worst part is he had seven interceptions while we were tied. That's an 8.1% interception rate. Now, you combine the two being tied or behind through 26 interceptions for a 7.4 interception rate. That's unheard of, and that you just can't have that. You can't have that because really what that's saying is if we're behind, there's a good chance James Winston's going to throw an interception. The only way you can keep James Winston from throwing an interception is to make sure we have the lead. You don't need a quarterback like that. You need quarterbacks that can get you out of a hole, A quarterback that can, when things go bad, they can win the game for you, not lose it for you. So we'll get back to his interceptions here in a moment. But then I want to bring up something else. Let's talk about his character for a moment. I know this is probably not a good thing to say, but Jameis Winston has a long, long history of being a screw-up. I'm just going to go through some of this stuff real quick. Uh, November twenty fifth, two thousand twelve, a woman calls nine eleven to report that there was a there are two men on a bike path at Florida State University campus with what appears to be a black long barrel pistol. Uh, police respond with their guns drawn as they approach James Winston and his teammate Chris Casher, who was also his roommate at the time, and ultimately handcuff them. The two tell the officer they were shooting at squirrels with a pellet gun, and they are released without being charged. A few hours after the incident on the bike path, Winston Cashier and two other Florida State players, Mario Edwards and Kenneth Williams, allegedly engaged in a BB and pellet gun battle at their apartment house, inflicting an estimated $4,000 in damage. Management at the apartment house declines to press criminal charges after an FSU athletic official vows that the players will pay for the damage. Whether they did or not, I don't know. December 7, 2012, Winston is accused of raping a woman at his off-campus apartment. The woman reports the assault to police that day and five weeks later calls a detective and identifies Winston as her attacker after seeing him in a class. Tallahassee police drop the investigation, contending the woman has refused to cooperate, then revive it nine months later and send it to state attorney Willie Meggs. Meggs conducts a new investigation but concludes that there is not enough evidence to file criminal charges. Winston's lawyer contends the sexual encounter was consensual. The U.S. Department of Education later launches a federal investigation to the school's handling of the incident after questions arise about whether Florida State followed the provisions of Title IX. And in August 2014, the school launches an investigation of Winston Winston under the Student Code of Conduct. July 23, 2013, Winston is accused of vending a Burger King in Tallahassee and helping himself to soda from the fountain machine without paying for it. A restaurant employee later tells police she gave Winston a cup of water, but that he poured the water out and helped himself to several cups of soda despite her objections. No charges were filed. April 29, 2014, Winston is accused of stealing $32.72 worth of crab legs from a Tallahassee supermarket. He is given a civil citation that allows him to perform community service and is suspended from the FSU's baseball team until he completes that work. Winston tells police that he, quote, forgot to pay for the crab legs and publicly apologizes. May 20th, 2014, Winston is expected at a code of conduct hearing for Chris Casher and Ronald Darby, two FSU teammates who alleged the witness, a portion of the sexual encounter involving the quarterback and the woman who accused him of rape, they are both accused of violating school rules. Winston does not show up for the hearing, and his lawyer contends that no one from the school ever asked him to be there something that is disputed by attorneys involved in the process. However, FSU officials later acknowledge that they have no way to force a witness to attend a code of conduct hearing. September 16, 2014, Winston is seen by several students jumping up on a table on the campus and screaming a sexually charged explicit laced phrase that was made popular on the Internet. FSU head football coach Jimbo Fisher suspends Winston for the first half of the team's upcoming game with Clemson, and school officials vow that he will be subject to internal discipline, most likely under the school's code of conduct. Winston apologizes October 13 let me catch my breath. October 13 2014 ESPN reports that FSU's compliance department is investigating whether Winston accepted money in exchange for autographs. The university's athletic director issues a statement on October 17 explaining that the compliance staff looking into whether James Winston accepted unauthorized benefits for his autograph has no information indicating that he accepted payments for items reported to bear his signature thereby comprising compromising his athletic ability. March 2016, in Scottsdale, Arizona, an Uber driver accused Jameis of grabbing her crotch. Winston was suspended three games in the NFL while he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to start the 2018 season. February 2017, at Melrose Elementary School in St. Petersburg, Florida, talking to third, fourth, and fifth grade students, Winston said, quote, All my young boys stand up. The ladies sit down. But all my boys stand up. We strong, right? We strong. We strong, right? All my boys, tell me one time, I can do anything I put my mind to. Now, a lot of boys aren't supposed to be soft-spoken. You know what I'm saying. One day, y'all going to have a very deep voice like this. One day, you'll have a very, very deep voice. But the ladies, they're supposed to be silent, polite, gentle. My men, my men are supposed to be strong. I want y'all to tell me what the third rule of life is. I can do anything I put my mind to. Scream it. End quote. This became a national media story mainly due because of the Strong Feminist movement and the Me Too movement that was going on at the time. November 7, 2017, Mike Evans. The elite wide receiver Tampa Bay Buccaneers was suspended for shoving Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore after Winston poked Lattimore, causing a shove by Lattimore against Winston. Evans retaliated against Lattimore and caused him to get suspended. Winston was pulled from that game due to injuries and was out for the next two games. Now... December 24, 2017, Winston against Carolina had to be dragged off the field yelling at refs over a fumble. Then he ran back on the field while the Carolina offense was on the field. When he ran out on the field, he knocked over a Buccaneers official who was standing on the sideline, and Winston had to be pulled off the field again by his teammates. Now, I say all that, not necessarily to say that Winston's a bad guy or that any of this stuff is true or means he shouldn't be in the NFL or anything of that. It's just going to show to me that Winston gets away with stuff. He gets away with things. He's the first draft, first pick in the draft. He's now getting millions of dollars to play in the NFL. He's done a lot of stuff that would get a lot of people into a lot of trouble, but he seems to get out of it relatively unscathed. Now, Winston has started 70 of 80 Buccaneer games in five seasons. He has missed 10 games in five seasons due to injuries, suspensions, and poor performance. That comes out to 13% of Buccaneers games Jameis Winston has missed. Some of those due to behavior issues. So Jameis Winston is getting a lot of money. He seems to be able to do things that most people can't do, and he doesn't seem to get in trouble for him a whole lot. Uh, the Lattimore experience was, was one thing. He pushed Lattimore. Lattimore turns around and pushes him. Mike Evans comes blazing in to take up for his quarterback. Mike Evans gets suspended. It just seems like uh, Winston has a long track record of doing stupid stuff and never really having to pay the consequences for them. Now, Bruce Arians claims he is a coach of accountability. I do not see how it would be possible for Bruce Arians to allow a quarterback who has thrown 30 interceptions, who has lost us a game, lost us at least three games, we can say that without any question, lost us at least three games single handedly. They were Winston's fault. Lost us at least three games through 30 interceptions. How he cannot hold Jameis Winston accountable for those things. I do not see how that would be a good thing to do. This would be falling right in Jameis Winston's behavior issues if we reward him for doing dumb stuff. Also, we're looking at paying Jameis Winston a minimum of $26 million, probably. I and mean, that's like the minimum. That's if we get by with a good contract. That's expensive for a gunslinger who's only had one winning season in the NFL and no playoff appearances. His winning season came in 2016. He was 9-7. and It's not like he was tearing it up. The Bucks are 28-42 with Winston under center. That's absolutely Horrible. Reports are that Winston is seeking $30 million a year. That's way too much money to pay for somebody who has never sniffed the playoffs. He got paid $21 million in 2019 with the Bucks picking up his fifth-year option. It was a show-me year, and he showed us. I'd hate to see what it would look like if he gets paid $30 million. He'll probably give us 40 interceptions. In 2019, opponents scored 112 points off Winston's turnovers. 112 points. That's more than most teams score all year. <laughs> that's, what, that's what opponents score just off Winston's turnovers. Like I said, he threw seven pick sixes alone. That's 50 points right there almost. Now, whether we like it or not, Jameis Winston is the leader of this franchise. Teams mold themselves in the habits of their leaders, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously. And I don't really particularly want a team filled with guys that make great plays, great stats, but don't pull through when it counts and they make huge mistakes and never have to pay the price for it. To me, that's what Jameis Winston brings as a leader. It it almost seems as though Jameis is more concerned with acting like he can handle the losing than he's concerned with actually not losing. Let's get into uh, some of his performance issues on the field. Jameis Winston does not read the field well. If you watched any of my videos, I show almost every game, there's multiple instances where he does not see wide open receivers. He just doesn't even see them. And that has got to be frustrating not only to the coaching staff, but to the receivers who get open. He makes too many poor decisions. Most of his interceptions were bad decisions. If you watch the uh, breakdown I did of all of his interceptions for 2019, it's plainly obvious that he just makes a lot of bad decisions. He runs outside the pocket too much. He gets happy feet. Uh, I think he was sacked 47 times this year or something like that, or a ridiculous amount. A lot of those were due to him running into pressure. Now, we've got a lot of people on this team that I really, really like, and they're going to cost us a lot of money to re-sign. Uh, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Golston, Rashard Perriman. You know, there's, there's a whole list of people that we, we, I would really like to see come back. All of them, to be honest with you, all of them. Jameis Winston, if he gets a $30 million contract, we are not going to be able to sign everybody. If we get rid of Jameis Winston and we get a cheap free agent or draft a quarterback, we'll be able to keep everybody on this team except Jameis Winston. So we're looking at keeping Jameis Winston, losing a couple of good players, or ejecting Jameis Winston, keeping everybody. Now, Winston does not seem to have developed at all, if you ask me. Since his rookie year to now, he looks like the same guy. He's still the same quarterback, making the same mistakes as when he was a rookie. I mean, he's the worst quarterback to ever throw 5,000 yards in a season. I think there's what seven, eight quarterbacks that have done it in the NFL. Jameis Winston is at the bottom. He is the top. He's the bottom of the top. Now we talk about drafting a quarterback and how much of a crapshoot it is. It's not with Bruce Arians. Every rookie quarterback Bruce Arians has ever drafted has gone on to be elite level quarterbacks. We're talking about Andrew Locke, Ben Roethlisberger, He's just—he's got away with drafting quarterbacks and, and fashioning rookie quarterbacks. His—he was brought here, he says, in large part because he thought he could develop Jameis Winston. I don't know if he feels that way now, especially if you see his press conferences. He's kind of down on Jameis Winston, especially after that last interception that ended the season. We know that Bruce Arians can develop rookie quarterbacks, and he had a hand in a drafting. Deciding to draft Andrew Luck and Ben Roethlisberger. So the guy knows what he's looking for. If we let Arians handpick a rookie quarterback, I think that would be a smart move. And this is the only opportunity we're going to have to do this. Keeping Winston another year on a franchise tag means we could be prolonging the agony. And we could also run Arians out of town doing that. Now, the Bucks are well geared for a rookie quarterback. I mean, we got a talented wide receiver core, good tight ends, an established O line, and a really good monstrous defense. That's what a rookie quarterback needs. Winston didn't have that when he came here and might have hurt his development, but we've got it now, it'd be the perfect time to have a rookie quarterback come in and fill those shoes. Now, I brought up the whole stuff about Jameis Winston's character, not because I want to say that he's a bad player, he shouldn't be in the NFL, blah, 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 any of that mess. It's because of this. Out of thousands of entries, 32 kids were chosen to wear their favorite player's football jersey and run out onto the field ahead of Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Uh, We had a guy in uh, St. Petersburg named Eric. The boy was chosen to go out there and do that. When asked what his favorite player was, he chose Shaquille Barrett's jersey with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaquille Barrett is bringing fans to the Buccaneers. People like him, they like that he performs well on the field, they like his character, they like his personality. He's not a troublemaker. You cannot say that about Jameis Winston. I mean, here it is. Jameis Winston has been our quarterback for five years. This kid decides to go out in check Barrett's jersey. He's only been here for a year. I mean, that's not a testament. That's more of a testament to how good Shaq Barrett is than it is to Jameis Winston. But Jameis Winston is not the kind of player that's going to bring people to the Buccaneers. He's exciting to watch, but it's mainly the same reason why watching a car wreck is exciting to watch. Uh, anytime I talk about... Football with strangers, I tell them I'm Buccaneers fans, always have to defend Winston. Always. Every single time. That's the first thing they bring up. And it never fails that they bring him up in a negative light. Nobody ever goes, oh, that James Winston, I really like him. He's a good quarterback. Good guy. Blah blah blah. It's always, man, what are y'all going to do with this guy? Or, you know, uh, he's a, I don't like him because of his past behavior or whatever. Winston is not bringing fans to the Buccaneers fan base, and he's causing fans to have to defend their fandom. That gets exhausting. But it's not just new fans that Winston is hurting. He's divided the fan base. He's divided this fan base right down the middle like no player I've ever seen. There are people that can't stand Winston, and there are people that, you know, they back Winston. Of course, I think the Winston backers are being much more quiet now because of the performance this year, but there is a division there, and you don't want that in your own fan base. But with all that being said, i are going to wrap this up. Here's my number one biggest argument as to why I think we should not re-sign Jameis Winston. This question was posed to us by somebody on Twitter, and it has stuck in my craw ever since, but is, do we think that we could make a run through the playoffs with Jameis Winston, at quarterback? And I would have to say no. And that's the number one reason. I don't think he could string together four or five straight games of winning. And, you know, when he gets to the playoffs, it's a whole different beast. You know, you have to be on point. You have to be sharp. And if your quarterback is, you know, not playing at his best – You're going to lose, and you're out. And I just do not see Jameis Winston making it through the playoffs and to the championship and winning. I just don't see it. I don't don't think I've ever seen him do four games in a row where he's played well. Don't know. So that's my number one reason for why we should not keep Jameis Winston. There. Done. Those are the cons.
1: Well, I think you've just convinced the whole fan base to get rid of Jameis. So well done, Ralph. Oh, no. (laughs) I hope you're happy.
0: All right. You got some rebuttals for me here. Go and good. I do. Can we talk to, to sure. each other? You, okay. yeah. We'll just go back okay. and forth with go the Go back rebuttals. and forth. Nah,
1: we'll have a conversation.
0: Yeah. She's already mad at me. I can tell <laughs> this is going to be a, a fight after we get well, off the podcast. Well, first of all. <laughs> She's got her finger I've got up. i got a finger up
1: and everything. Let's go with the interceptions first because that's what you started with. Just go in chronological order for my five pages of notes. <laughs>
0: She was, just she was just right. I could see the pin was, like, it was ripping only two. the paper.
1: Okay, so the interceptions. Not the only thing costing us games. This is true. We had the kicking. That's true. The defense at times. Yes. So, yes, the interceptions, three games. But how many were also on the kicker?
0: Right. Three? I'd say two for sure.
1: Okay, so between... Winston. Jameis Winston's three games for the interceptions, two with the kicking, that accounts for and probably, half of our losses. Yeah, I'd, I'd say
0: at least four on our secondary before they got their crap together.
1: So, again, it's not just Jameis. It goes back to my point. Right. There were other reasons that we lost besides Jameis. Again, the interceptions wouldn't be an issue if we were winning. We wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't say, oh, we lost three games because of Jameis' interceptions. No one would give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is a contract year for Jameis. And I did expect him to show up a little bit better than he did. However... We also had someone in the 2018 season that was in a contract year that played like absolute garbage that we trashed the whole off season when he got a contract, and that was Donovan Smith, good and point. he came into 2019, had a phenomenal season, good point. really turned it around. Mm, point Molly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good point.
1: The character issues, most of what you named was when Jameis was in college. How much dumb shit did we all do in college? Yes. But <laughs> between the age of eighteen and twenty-one, we all did some really stupid stuff. There were yeah,
0: so, yeah. Since he's been in the NFL, he has no you know, issues. The Uber incident happened in two thousand fifteen or two
1: thousand six. I don't know. But anyhow, but you know, he's back. got a,
0: He's got a kid now. He's married. That changes you.
1: It does change him. And there, it, there it, were two things on the field where you said. The one at the Carolina Panthers game where he was arguing with the refs and went out on the field and came back. And then the fight that got Mike Evans suspended. To me, I don't have an issue with those. I like the passion on the field and character issues off the field. I just don't give a crap about, (laughs) as we've talked about before. They have no bearing on what happens on the field. I do think it's a fair point what you were saying with the accountability. How can Bruce Aries not hold him accountable for these 30 interceptions?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to give him $30 million about somewhere in that area after doing that? It's just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like that's, that's a hard pill to swallow if you're preaching accountability.
1: Right, but it was with Donovan too.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And you're preaching accountability, but... There's no other way to hold him accountable other than firing him. And is that really as far as you want to take it? If you're a B.A., if you're Jason Light, if you're thinking about the future of the franchise. The salary is a big number, but unfortunately, the salaries in the NFL are dictated by the market. They're not dictated by wins and losses necessarily. So the Bucks are kind of between a rock and a hard place as far as that goes because – there is a range where Jamis is expecting, and what's reasonable in the market, and what he could probably get with another team.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's probably going to get. I mean, he's going to get twenty-six million dollars minimum. I mean, there's no getting around that. He 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 probably would get thirty million dollars at another team. You know, like the Cleveland or uh, the Jets. <laughs> 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 well, these dumb franchises. <laughs> or the Panthers. Who knows they're what they're going to do with Cam? Yeah.
1: But. The price is also maybe driven down because of how many free agents there are.
0: That's true. That's a good point.
1: The market could fluctuate downward yeah. that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is a bad year to be in, the, to be a uh, quarterback in free agency. I think.
1: Right, and I think in that way the Buccaneers have a little more leverage over Jameis. Yeah. Opponents scored 112 t- points off of turnovers, and we still won seven games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wow. Reading the field, Jameis obviously has issues with that. That's been a knock on him that you've said for years. But he got LASIK this year, so we might as well try out those new eyeballs. (laughs) If we sign a new quarterback to replace Jameis, who's to say that they won't have interception problems as well? It is a hallmark of Jameis Winston, I'm not saying that. But it is also a hallmark of this offense. So who's to say that a new quarterback would do any better in that regard?
0: Right, you draft a rookie quarterback, put him in Arian's offense – first year, he's going to throw a lot of interceptions.
1: Or even a player like Phillip Rivers, who he's interception prone to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Philip Rivers would throw a crap ton of interceptions.
1: Jameis Winston is a very polarizing figure in the fan base, but I think through the NFL overall, two points I would make about that. I don't know if it's unique to our fan base, but it does seem that we have these divisive figures that people tend to be on one side of the other. One player that comes to mind is or former Buccaneer, is Greg Schiano. Hmm. That one oh, yeah. was a mess. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily Jameis or it's a nature of an NFL fan base.
0: Or if it's just a Tampa thing.
1: Or a Tampa well, thing. Well, one,
0: one of the things with Jameis Winston, why the fan base hates him, or it's part of the fan base, because he's from Florida State University. Right. You know, a lot of these people down in Florida are fans of, you know, Miami or... Uh, you know, some of the other Florida teams down there, and they can't stand Florida State University. So anybody that comes to Florida State University they're going to dislike.
1: Right. And it seems to me that most NFL quarterbacks has have a large contingent of fans that hate them. Like if you look at Tom Brady, there's a lot of people that yeah. hate him. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is called Ben <laughs> Uh Drew Brees, I mean Aaron Rodgers, there's – Quarterbacks tend to be very divisive. So I don't think it's unique to Jameis Winston necessarily. The character issues also, Jameis Winston is not the first quarterback to be accused of having character issues. Again, Ben Roethlisberger,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Peyton Manning even was accused of sexual misconduct by a personal trainer. I mean, it's everybody. I think it is the nature of the beast for those to come out. As an NFL quarterback, you're under increased scrutiny. Yes, So people look for that stuff. And lastly, the playoff issue is a tricky one because you really do never know. You just never know. But it could go either way, and I would just like to see Jameis get us that far and then try him out in the playoffs and see what happens. I mean, you can get a phenomenal quarterback that does great in the regular season, and then they get to the playoffs and they shit the bed. Oh yeah. I'm looking at you, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I mean there's so many that just choke in the playoffs so what yeah. if what if we have a quarterback that just chokes in the regular season and then plays light out in the in playoffs, the playoffs? Yeah, you, you never a, know
0: the playoffs are a totally different beast man you know and uh you're gonna you know the 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 referees act different you know the atmosphere is different the players play different everything's different so it could you're you're right it could be. James Wilson might go out there, and that might be his bread and butter—just being in the playoffs, you know. But then again, you know, we saw him in the championship,
1: yes, and
0: uh, the college championship, and he did not perform. well. He played well.
1: like garbage. What was it, like five interceptions? It was Little uh, did we know that was going to be a regular <laughs> feature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so I got a couple—just a few rebuttals for you. Uh, you talked about the rookie quarterbacks as basically a crapshoot. You called out some names. There were three names in there in particular that I I would like to point out. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz. Now, you know, they're a crapshoot, yes. Then you, you, you never know what you're going to get. But when you do hit on one, you're looking at Super Bowls. You know, you're, you're looking at a long time of having a very good quarterback that's going to get you a lot of championships. And I think those three quarterbacks, well, two of them anyhow, are going to rack up multiple Super Bowls. But the big thing with those three is that they do not lose games. You know, the team might lose, but those three guys are not going to lose you games. If anything, they'll manage a game. You know, they might play bad, but they ain't going to lose it for you. Whereas with Winston, he will lose you games. At least three a year, it seems like. And if you have a team that is good, you just need a quarterback that is not going to lose games. You know, basically a game manager. It's nice to have the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, but if you get a Carson Wentz, you know, or a uh, Jared Goff, you know, these guys that can just not make a whole lot of mistakes, then you can go to the Super Bowl and win, or at least go. I've always said, this is back to the whole playoff stuff again, it's much better to never go to the the Super Bowl than to go to the Super Bowl and lose. Buccaneer fans have never experienced that, but I've known a lot of fans that have. It's not good. And the teams that go to the Super Bowl and lose – Rarely, rarely, rarely make it back within like a decade. I mean, it's just it's a kick in the nuts, and uh, it, it's just a uh, you got the Super Bowl hangover or whatever you want to call it, Super Bowl curse. It's just really hard to get back. It's embarrassing, especially if you lose like Atlanta did twenty eight three. What? So you know you want a quarterback that when you get to the Super Bowl, you're going to win. Uh, second point. Yes, the offense has been built around Jameis Winston. We've got excellent players. We've got Michael Evans. We've got Chris Godwin. We've got Bajar Perriman. We've got who's a little guy, Scotty, Scotty Miller. I like him. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the good offensive line. I think they're above average. People would argue about that, but I mean, they're not the best in the world, but you know, they're they're pretty decent. They're stable now, and uh, we've got these. All these guys have been drafted or brought in. To help Jameis Winston. Unfortunately, I feel like what he's taught them, like Mike Evans, has taught them how to lose. You know, we're a losing franchise and we're just continuing to lose and lose and lose, even though we've got these super weapons, man, and we've got this super defense. We should not be losing, and we are. And I think that's, you know, leadership. I think Winston has something to do with that. You know, it's just the mentality of, like I said earlier, it's like he's more proud of the fact that he can lose and not let it bother him than. Not losing in the first play, you
1: know. I would argue that we were losing before James got here.
0: This is true. Yeah, it's a losing culture in Tampa Bay. You know, it's something that us fans have to get over, and it's hard. It's hard. You know, it starts with us, and you know the 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 coach. I think he's, you know, he come in. He doesn't have losing mentality. This guy Bruce Arians does not lose. I mean, he's he's had what. He's been in the NFL for almost 30 years, and he's had like two losing seasons, something like that. I can't remember. Go back in our podcast. Uh, we did all the stats. He hasn't had a lot of losing seasons. The guy just doesn't know what losing means. And now here it is. He's facing a city, a fan base, a team, ownership, everything that just we just don't know how to win. You know, Got loser mentalities. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard hill to climb. All right. So there's our rebuttals. Now, what do you really think? This is this is just us talking. We did this pros and cons because uh, we wanted to basically just get the argument out there for everybody and come up with as much stuff as we could to cover both sides of it. But what do you really think? What do you really feel?
1: People point to the interceptions because it is a tangible, it, albeit it's a very noticeable tangible, but it's not the only thing there. People like the numbers because they can point to this and go, this is why we lose. I just don't think that the interceptions are the full story. I don't think that they should define Jameis. I don't think that they should define his season last year. Because he did so much more, there's more to him than the interceptions. And it's an anomaly. It was an anomaly last year. I do think it will get better. It's an outlier. And... I think that consistency is so important. We have lacked that for so long. So long. And I just don't feel like continuing to try to put pieces in is going to work. It hasn't worked thus far. It's not fantasy football. You can't just... Take one player that you feel needs to be upgraded and put another one in that you think is better and expect the whole system to be fixed. It just doesn't work that way. There's too many other variables. So to me, the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't know. We know what we're getting with Jameis Winston. And I think B.A., with continuing to work with him and Byron Lefwich being involved as well, They can figure out a way to mitigate those interceptions.
0: I agree. I know I was the con argument, but I don't want Jameis Winston gone. Uh, I, I would love to see him stay. The biggest issue I have is the money. You know, if we keep Jameis Winston, we're going to have to get rid of probably two really good players just to keep Jameis Winston. And there's nobody, nobody on this team that I want to get rid of. I mean, nobody. This is a really good team. I like everybody on this team. I like our backups, especially our defensive line. You know, Taco and all those guys. Nacho. Nacho. nacho.
1: Taco.
0: (laughs) That's how it is when I go to a Mexican restaurant. I don't know the (laughs) difference between a burrito, a taco, or nothing. It's just horrible. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to get rid of anybody, man. And, you know... If if you were to ask me, if you were to come up to me right now and say, okay, we're going to get rid of Jameis Winston and keep everybody else on the team, or we're going to keep Jameis Winston and get rid of JPP and Nacho, I would have a really hard time with that. I don't think I could do it. I think I'd say get rid of Jameis Winston. But – Again, like you brought up, you know, it's the devil you know. I mean, we know what Jameis Winston is, and I do believe he's going to get better. And I'm really excited that he got LASIK. You know, I mean, I think he's, he's probably known he's had vision problems, but you can't get LASIK until you're like 25 or so. At least they say don't no, get it. You know, you don't want to get any type of eye surgery before you're basically stopped growing. And,
1: and your prescription has to be stable.
0: Yeah, so now, you know, Jameis Winston might be a totally new quarterback. And we know the guy could sling rock. You know, we know he's a gunslinger. We know he wants to win. You know, that's what—that's the thing that turned me on about Davis. Cook. When we first drafted him, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy!" Because we had watched the, uh, the college championship game where he just—it looked bad. And I watched some tape on him, and I was like, "Man, this guy is just not. He's got—he had bad form. You know, he just took too many chances." And I was like, "This is not going to turn out well." But then it was against that Atlanta game where it was a third and 13, and Jameis Winston ran the ball, and he ran right into like five Falcon defenders. One of them was Adrian Claiborne. They had him wrapped up, but he got out of that mess and ended up getting that first down. And, I mean, he fought hard for that. And I was like, that's the kind of attitude I want on this team because at that point we did not have that attitude. And I think he's given that type of attitude to the team, you know, because you see guys doing some crazy stuff. Perriman, for instance, you know, just making crazy catches and, you know, our running backs diving over people and hurdling, and, and, you know, trying to get across the goal line and, you know, to look at our defense, some of the crazy stuff they've been doing. It's just like I think they have an attitude that they want to win, you know, and they get that straight from Jameis Winston because he's he's got that attitude. He does not like losing. I, I was saying that earlier about, you know, maybe Jameis Winston has the attitude that he wants to act like he can handle losing better than he is good at winning. But I I don't really believe that. I think that Jameis Winston has a – he's learned to lose, and that's a real large part of sports, but he's not a loser. He wants to win. You learn to lose, You be a good loser, but keep your eyes focused on winning. That's what's important. But, no, I don't want Jameis Winston gone. I don't want anybody on this team gone. And I'm with you. I don't think there's anybody out there that we know is going to be an upgrade to Jameis Winston. Nobody. And even Tom Brady. If Tom Brady were to come to Buccaneers, we would have to change our whole offense.
1: Well, and that's the whole question that the NFL has been contemplating since the rise of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Which one is it? Is yes. it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? We don't I know. don't really want to take that gamble. I don't want
0: to take that. Yeah, that's a gamble just I like uh, Because uh, I
1: think it's Belichick. I don't think Tom Brady's a slouch, but...
0: No, Tom Brady's got really good qualities, really good superior elite level things, his pocket presence, his decision making all that. But he's not going to be gunning it down the field 40, 50 yards, you know, 7, 8 times a game.
1: He's never had receivers okay. like Mike Evans, I mean he had Randy Moss yeah. and but that hasn't been a hallmark of his career is having these stud receivers.
0: No. No. And, you know, our our offense is designed and this is a Characteristic of Bruce Arians' offense, our, our offense is designed where your quarterback's going to take a lot of hits. You know, you got to have a tough quarterback, and uh, Tom Brady's just—he's not used to taking hits. One thing you can always say about New England Patriots—they always had a top-level offensive line. So, you know, bringing Tom Brady in here is really a no—not even a question for me. I, I mean, it'd be great to have the the goat, but you'd have to change everything about our offense, and that's just not going to happen. So. Is there anybody in there that can step into Jameis Winston's shoes right now and perform better? I don't see it. I don't. I just don't see anybody that could do it. If people talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, I don't think he has the, uh, the toughness for one, and two. I don't think he could sling it down the, the field as much.
1: I mean, you know? he's got an arm, but
0: and you got also got to remember, remember what we were worried about coming into this season. We were worried about our offensive line. We we're worried about a running game. Uh, Worried about having a pass defense.
1: And the, yeah, the and, secondary.
0: Right. And as it turns out, those weren't really things to worry about. And, uh, you know, now we've, yeah, our secondary is really, really good. It took them half the season to get that together. But once they did, man, they were fantastic. And like you said, we didn't lose. Jameis Winston wasn't the reason why we lost all those games. At the first part of the year, Jameis Wisdom played great. You know, he didn't make a lot of bad mistakes and everything. It was towards the second half of the year where he started messing up. But that's when the defense started playing good. You know, and that's but that's how you want a team to be. When one person's not playing well, you want the other team to compliment them. And uh, you know, we had that horrible schedule at the beginning of the season. You know, and we started off in a hole. And uh, you know that we made it to seven and nine is really a testament to how good this team and coaching staff is. No, I don't want to get rid of James Woods, but if you do and you want to use my arguments, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen uh, anybody with the Buccaneers. We've always had issues with our quarterbacks. Always, As a matter of fact, when I first became a quarter, uh, Buccaneer fan, one of the first things I remember was being on the news groups fighting with everybody about Trent Dilfer. Everybody wanted to get rid of Trent Dilfer, and I was like, "No, you know he's exactly what we need. We got a great defense. We just need a game manager. He's tough. He wants to win." But blah, blah. basically, same stuff we got going on there. But uh, you know, Jameis Winston has just divided this fan base like nobody I've ever seen on the Buccaneers. I mean, we've had players that some people didn't like and all that, but now it's like either you're adamantly against Jameis Winston and you want him gone, you hate him, or you're like, hey, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the supporters have been really quiet this <laughs> this offseason so far.
1: I think you just don't know. I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting and see.
0: That's how I am. I I really feel like I trust what they're going to do. Uh that's you know, it, no matter which way they go, I think it's going to be probably the right decision. I mean, they know more than we do, and if they if they were to get rid of Winston and decide to draft somebody, I would be comfortable with that. I wouldn't like it, but I'd be comfortable with
1: it. I didn't really think about that point until you brought it up how B.A. has drafted these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and you forgot Peyton Manning. I can't believe I know. I knew such there was such an one oversight. More. Yeah. You should have led with that right. one, not Andrew Luck.
0: I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was. I knew there was one other really great quarterback. Right,
1: he was instrumental in the Drafting? Ryan Leaf yeah. or Peyton Manning, and he went out and visited both. It's all in the book. And Ryan Leaf, what was it? He had so many issues that B.A. was just like, he's not the right decision.
0: I I think it was uh, Ryan Leaf got really frustrated when he threw interceptions. I think it was the big thing that uh, Bruce. I, don't quote me on that. I just, it just but it was it was more Ryan Leaf's
1: attitude, attitude
0: that didn't sit well with Bruce Arians. And you know, that's one of the things Bruce Arians says in his book. He wants he doesn't mind when a quarterback throws an interception, but you have to be a leader of the team and realize that the next play is what's important. And you know don't dwell on it. Don't pout about it. What what was it he said? Tears and snot. Oh, what was it?
1: I can't remember.
0: Oh my gosh, bubble snot and tears, and we'll never win games There's some crap like that. Yeah, it's a great quote, uh, but he says when what he looks for in a quarterback because what Jameis Winston does and he's always does is when he throws an interception, he's the first guy trying to tackle the guy. Yeah, and that's what Jameis Winston does. If you watch the game film, man, Jameis he throws that interception, man, he's blazing down the field trying to catch the guy. And I think Ryan Leaf was not of character that like that. But yeah, so Bruce Arians knows how to develop rookie quarterbacks. No question about that, and he could do it. And if we're going to do it, this is the time to do it. So if they did it, I would I would be like, okay, you know, I trust them. I'd hate it. I, I, I would.
1: Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah,
0: no, no. me neither. It's such a crapshoot, <laughs> Josh Freeman.
1: Well, it just takes a while to really develop and We're it's kind of the sunk cost. I guess it's kind yeah. of the sunk cost fallacy with, with Jameis too. Yeah. You know, we've already put all this into him. We've invested this much wide start over.
0: Well, you know, we could franchise him, but there's reports out there that Jameis Winston's saying through his agent that he would not be very happy with the franchise. But then again, you know, we're not really happy with you throwing 30 interceptions, Jameis. So, you know, yeah. deal with the hand that's dealt you. But I, I wouldn't be upset with that. You know, franchise Jameis, sign Shaq, get everybody else signed. Let's just move on next year and let Jameis show us what he's got with his new eyeballs.
1: I agree. A franchise is basically as good as a one-year contract, right? Yes. Because we could do something like what we did with Donovan, you know, give him one or two years and see what happens.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If we do sign Jameis, it'll probably be, you know, 50, 60 million guaranteed over two years. The way we set up our contracts, we're very good with that. You know, we don't, we we front load all of our contracts. Uh, So, you know, it would be basically the same thing as franchising for two years. Right. You know. But we if we could get him for 25 26 million for 2 years, I'd be fine with that too, you know. But thirty 30 30 million, oof.
1: You could build incentives into his contract that are like you can't throw more than 15 interceptions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd sign that. Yeah. I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he likes his interceptions. <laughs> All right, well, there's some news that's going on out there in the Bucks world, but we'll save that for our next podcast. Uh, as we did mention, uh, Drew Brees is staying with the New Orleans Saints. He announced it on Instagram a couple hours ago. Actually, we could, could say a little bit of news here real quick. I'll just go ahead and get okay. the news that I got so far. It's only a couple of things. Uh, Ron Rivera had a yard sale getting rid of all of his Panthers gear. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he did it and gave it to charity. Oh, uh, that's it,
1: better than the dirt cutter treatment.
0: I know, just threw it in the trash. Yeah. Uh, but he gave it to a... Uh, Dog shelter, I think animal shelter, charity. So there's that. So the Ron Rivera era is done in Carolina. Uh, There was an article on uh, MWT Sports Media about Taysom Hill. And it was a really good argument, or a really good article that had a really good argument about why Taysom Hill is not going to be a good franchise quarterback. And this guy brought up a lot of good stuff that I didn't know, mainly about his injury history. He's got real bad injury history. So... If you want to read up on Taysom Hill, who me and Molly have both said that he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, and he is a beast. But this article here contradicted what we said, and you know it's kind of made me think a little bit. Eh. But, you know, I watched Taysom Hill in the preseason, and I thought I was watching Drew Brees. I mean, he throws just like him. He's got all the same mannerisms, the same decisions. I went like a whole quarter before I realized it was Taysom Hill playing and not Drew Brees. Because I, I was sitting there going, why do they have Drew Brees playing this late into it? <laughs> they a...
1: are built like exactly the same.
0: Yeah, and he, he makes the, the same decisions. He's he's like really made for that system. And they, I think uh, Sean Payton has really put a lot into Taysom Hill to get him geared up to be the next Drew Brees. He's going to be better than Drew Brees, if you ask me, because of his athletic abilities. But this guy... At the uh, sportsmedia.com or MWT Sports Media, whatever that is, had a really good article. So if you uh, if you want to go check it out, the title of it is Taysom Hill Fools Gold as a Quarterback. So put that in the search engine, go check it out, and read up on that guy. Maybe we'll talk more about that in the next podcast.
1: The former Buccaneer Adarius Taylor lost his job at Cleveland,
0: or uh, formerly known as Adarius Gallant. Yeah. Yeah. Always liked him at Cleveland.
1: Cleveland. He was at Cleveland, played last year, and now he's gone.
0: Wow, he's probably he'll probably be out of the NFL there. It seems like that's what happens, I man. If you can't make it on the Cleveland roster, then <laughs> you ain't gonna be in the NFL much longer.
1: So that's all I've got for news.
0: Man, sorry to hear that. I liked Taylor. He was seemed like a good guy.
1: Maybe he'll be a backup somewhere.
0: Yeah. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for us, you scallywags. Uh, Till next time.
1: Go Bucks.